Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hello, hello, welcome to episode 80 of Broken Records, a search for the worst album in the history of music. It's a solo offshoot podcast from us here at Right Act. Right Act is me, Stephen Hill. Hello, how are you? Hope you're all right. And him, Renfrey Dedman. Hello, Renfrey, how are you doing? Hello, uh, I'm all right. How are you, Steve? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. We've got a big one here today. We've got a big album. We've got something which is, I remember we did Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses and I thought, cool, I'll tell you what, I bet we're never going to have to go pick through the bones of something as mad as that. And <laughs> we have been through some mad stuff before here on Broken Records and weirdly, Serendip, it seems to be always some sort of balance between the albums. I thought the record that we are talking about today, which we should say, the, all the albums picked here, based on their critical reception their commercial reception something to do with the artist at the time they're not albums that Renfrey and I have picked because we've like let's get it let's get that album let's go and get the new we only do that with a new Red Hot Chili Peppers album and maybe not even the what did I say Numa Sugar album quite I mean fucking love the Numa Sugar album would be way down the list uh, if we were to put it on here it has no business being here it would be no 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 business no Uh, but last week we were talking about Seether and I thought Seether, the post-grunge band, they'll have nothing in common with uh, the album that came out of the hat, which is, but, but it kind, but it kind of does, as we'll get to in a little bit, because today we're doing Paula by Robin Thicke, the seventh studio album from the U.S. soul pop solo artist, released on the first of July, two thousand and fourteen. Before we get into the bones and the meat of this fascinating car crash of a record i will just run down the flop 20 the 20 worst albums that we have covered thus far on broken records number 20 is the album by mr blobby followed by sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band the original soundtrack to the movie of the same name oggie and quag by aggie and quag Six Feet Unders, Graveyard Classics Volume 2, Testify by Phil Collins, Blood, Sweat and Towers by Towers of London, Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice, The Rebirth by Lil Wayne, Cut the Crap by The Clash, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, Philosophy of the World by The Shags, Arsehole by Gene Simmons, Total Zanarchy by Little Zan, Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem, Concerto in True Minor by the True Symphonic Orchestra, Double Wide by Uncle Cracker, Crazy Frog presents the crazy hits, I'm not a fan, but the kids like it by Broken Side. And at number one, Farah Abraham, My Teenage Dream Ended. Uh, a little shout out to the aforementioned Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. We didn't know where to put that. It's unranked. But joining those records in this list will be Paula by Robin Thicke, released mm. on the 1st of July, 2014. Here we go. What now, a crazy, crazy album it is, too. Um, what a fucking crazy album it is here we go we all remember that ludicrous character that was or is robin thick but hold your powder there for a second renfrey 
before we I'm get holding. into I'm holding before it. we get into how do you know about Robin Thicke? Before we get to that before we get to that bit, we should chart who Robin Thicke is and uh-huh. was before all the madness that enveloped him in 2013. Usually I start this podcast by going, What do you know about insert artist here? I think this week I don't really feel like I need to do that. Because here in the UK Robin Thicke is only really known for the thing we're going to talk about in a little bit, isn't he, really? I had no real knowledge of Robin Thicke until he came along in 2013. I sort of was aware of the name. Couldn't tell you any of his songs. Couldn't tell you what he looked like. Didn't realise he was such a vile piece of shit. Didn't know any of that stuff. I'm assuming you're the same. Gonna just assume that. Didn't know anything about Robin Thicke, uh, particularly at all, until uh, the big, big song, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I was really surprised to learn that this is his seventh album. <laughs> Seven albums, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no idea that he was prolific, or uh, that that prolific, or had been going for that long. Um, yeah, and all I knew of him was uh well it was blurred lines which i'm assuming we're about to get onto so mm. yeah we are yeah we will we'll just sort of bust through robin thick's career prior to that i was quite shocked to learn much like you that robin thick um started in 1999 at the age of wow. 22 the age of 22 he actually planned on self-releasing his debut album at the age of 22 in 1999 um, before learning <laughs> that self-financing and self-releasing an album is actually quite expensive which is something <laughs> that Robin Thicke didn't know and he signed to the label New America that's NU America like New Metal in 2001 I mean particularly at that time in in, yeah. in, in the late 90s it was some yeah. I mean nowadays it is possible to do that it's um still bloody expensive but it is mm. possible uh but yeah how imagine not knowing that <laughs> what sort of person would it's not a few things that robin that. thick doesn't appear to know that they're sort of socially what, about consent known. yeah yeah <laughs> that's one yeah, yeah. um but we'll, as i said we will get to that so his debut single came out in 2002 it was called when i get you alone already you're like hello Keep your eye out on this guy when I get you alone. And it sampled uh, the song. So romantic. Very romantic. A Fifth of Beethoven by Walter Murphy, which, um, if you're not familiar with that song, is a disco reworking of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Symphony. Sounds good, doesn't it? Um, Did I wake? Did I go to sleep and then the woke up and the meaning of the word "good" has changed? Um, Possibly. Um, (laughs) Possibly. Mm. uh, Or when I say "good," I mean fucking awful, uh, terrible. Is what I meant. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds absolutely dreadful. I mean, I've not I've not heard Robin Thicke's debut single, so um, I I can't I can't confirm nor deny but i mean anyone who hears a disco reworking of beethoven's fifth symphony and goes i'm gonna sample that and turn it into my first song called when i get you alone Hmm. okay um do you think beethoven would be rolling in his grave i think he probably would do yeah Hmm. uh his debut beethoven's lucky that he can't hear that (laughs) yes he couldn't ever have heard it (laughs) Uh, his debut album, A Beautiful World, was released in 2003, and it re- reached the rather modest number of 153 
in the US Billboard Top 200. Uh, someone on Twitter, I actually was like, I've done quite a bit of research for this, Renfrey, which included mm. listening to bits and bobs of Robin Thicke's back catalogue. And I tweeted, um, fucking hell, Robin Thicke's got eight albums. I had no idea. I was going to try and listen to a bit of everything that he'd done. And someone, tw- and I, so I, I've listened to bits and bobs. I'm not going to really get into it because most of it is just sort of sloppy, mid noughties pop r&b there's nothing really to say about it it was frankly a waste of time i mean a little spoiler for this record but is it all subpar justin timberlake basically yeah or subpar usher or subpar you know michael buble like do you know what i mean it's it's all that i think Um, i said timberlake because there's a lot of uh feels like there's a lot of like spanish guitar in this album stuff like that but yeah (laughs) Yeah. not that you know that's uh uh, unique to Mm. justin timberlake but yeah i i I heard a lot of timberlake in this he's you know a sort of yeah no it's not great anyway um but i said i said that and somebody was like oh have you checked out the picture of him on the back copy of his debut album and i said no and they've sent it through to us and my lord does Robin Thicke look like a creepy little fucker? White suits and dreadlocks. Like, we've already got one Mick Hucknall, mate. We don't need another fucking... The last thing we need is another Mick Hucknall. Oh. And yet Robin Thicke... Yeah, have you seen it? I, I Yes, I've just um, I've just seen it. Goodness me. He, um, oh, he looks... Got a bit of a glow up, didn't he, in the, the, the preceding decade? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah that's what i would say mm. Mm. that's an it's an interesting choice we on the last week's right act we um we spoke about philip schofield's attire at the smash it's pole winners party but you've got to think that was sort of some some kind of gimmick that he was kind of forced into wearing whereas yeah. it appears in this one robin thinks actually made the choice to dress like i don't know sort of jesus rastafarian <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah he's wearing all white um he's doing a very strange pose i'm not sure he looks like he's about to fall over but is also trying to push someone along with him as well um and he has I, he looks like he needs a wee i think he does <laughs> he does actually he's yeah. like he's shuffling he it's halfway through a film at the cinema and it's a packed row and he's like oh god surely this is going to be finished now so but little does he know he's gone to see lord of the rings the two towers <laughs> and he's got 45 minutes into it and he's gone oh, I actually quite need a wee and then he's sort of wriggled his way out of it but you don't see yeah anyway mm, mm. He, he's yeah. weird isn't he looks he, weird in that photo he does he, he he looks unusual he's got quite he's got hair down to his shoulders as well in a sort of I mean bob isn't quite the right word is it but it's uh, a little bit longer than a bob uh, but it's doing that horrible thing at the end where it curls. I mean, you probably wouldn't know about this. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, but it, 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 I used to. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Not uh, but when, um, yeah, when you're sort of trying to grow your hair out, it like starts curling at the bottom. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of in that in between stage of it not being long, long and not being short either. So it's an odd time to take that photo. I would say, but yeah, sure, fine. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway. Uh, it might not have been that much of a commercial success, A Beautiful World, but a lot of big artists came forward to say how much they liked Robin Thicke. And Usher, who I've already mentioned, was one such artist. He ah. said of Robin Thicke, I was blown away. I thought Beatles, Earth, Wind and Fire, Shuggy Otis, Marvin Gaye, all in one album. Robin's got soul, man. Soul you can't buy. Now, hmm. I'll have to take your word for it, Usher. 
because mm. I've not listened to the full album. But I don't agree with that. <laughs> Broadly speaking, I don't really agree with Usher's comparison. I mean, obviously Marvin Gaye will come up quite a lot. I was going to say later on. I was going to say Marvin Gaye. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get onto the record too much, obviously, because uh, obviously I'm always pushing forward too soon mm-hmm. uh, with this sort of thing. But, um, you know, it's an eclectic record. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that feels very big words. But hey, we've not heard the first album. Maybe the first album's absolutely genius. Maybe it's really it's good. Maybe it's really, really good. Based on that photo, it's not. <laughs> no. Uh, the patronage of um, people like Usher helped Robin Thicke become something of a cult character in the US at least. Uh, although the second, his second album, The Evolution of Robin Thicke, only peaked at number 30 in the UK. So he's still not really, like, you know, he's just not really big particularly here um although that album went top five in the u.s and lead single lost without you with the u spelt u it's prince's um, fault it is prince's fault yeah um it topped the modern r&b charts in the u.s and stayed there for 11 weeks he was the first artist to do that since george michael in 1998 staying so, at the top of the yeah. charts for eight weeks 11 weeks 11 weeks sorry that particular mm. okay yeah, yeah. Wow. So by 2007, um, he was promoting the album on the Oprah Winfrey show. He was also opening for Beyonce on tour as well. So really? opening for Beyonce. Good That's God. quite good. In 2008, wow. he released his third album, Something Else, which reached number three on the US Billboard Top 200. And he also performed at the Grammys with Lil Wayne. The year Lil Wayne won all the Grammys, he, uh, he performed with Lil Wayne. So, you know, again just kind of cranking up the robin thick is good career whatever um well, in 2009 well. he's doing well he's doing well mm. yeah in 2009 the week before christmas he brought his fourth album out so you think you know this is basically he's done he's done three albums in the space of a couple of years mm. so he's getting kind of bigger and bigger his fourth album is called sex therapy oh god Sex therapy. <laughs> Fucking hell. You know when you try... This is like the Jimmy Savile documentary where you go, <laughs> did you not see this coming? <laughs> I watched that, by the way. Jimmy Savile documentary. Oh, good, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's late, it? My case comes up next Thursday. <laughs> yes, yes, Why? Yes, yes. Why so glad you doing it? ended last week's podcast with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's well, it's, it's full title: "Sex Therapy: The Session." Uh, by the looks <laughs> of it, um, goodness, it is me. Yeah, I. You know when someone tries too hard, yeah. I, Robin Thicke's trying too hard to be sexy, and is just coming across as like a pervy uncle, isn't he? I think. Yeah, mm. I listened to a little bit of sex therapy okay and again it's more of the same mm. and he is he's a horny motherfucker yeah like, well uh, the the titles of the song uh songs on this record mrs sexy sex yeah. therapy make you yeah. love me um uh it's in the morning with the uh, snop Duke, uh loving it shaking <laughs> yeah. it for daddy with Nicki minaj oh yeah. i i I can already imagine what it sounds like, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I, two love interested. birds, the number two, L U V, and yeah. birds. Yeah. Rubbish. 
Yeah. Rubbish. Yeah. Mrs. Sexy. I mean, Mrs. Come Sex. On. <laughs> <laughs> What's nice your name? to meet you. <laughs> Please meet my. Hello, my name is um, Donald Sexy. <laughs> this is my wife. This is my wife, Susan. Susan's a, she. Well, I did say she could. You know, her, her, her original name was Johnson, and I thought she she could have had a a double barreled You know, Susan Johnson, sexy Johnson, but. You know, she didn't want to. So that's her. That's up to her. Yeah. Sex therapy is not good. Anyway, he toured with Jennifer Hudson in 2011 and released his fifth studio album as well. So he's fucking very prolific, is Robin he's, Thicke, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, keeps fucking releasing uh, them, doesn't he? Not, not just in uh, in terms of the music that he releases. Um, very prolific. Um, the fifth album they released in 2011 was called Love After War. Oh. And... Um, Debuted at number twenty-two on the uh, the US Billboard, which mm-hmm. is a bit of a drop off. Little for bit. Someone who'd been having success, you know, number five, number three, little bit of a drop off. Yeah, a little bit, but it's respectable still. It's not. Yeah, a... no disgrace in that. No. no disgrace in that. It had a pretty big rise, mm-hmm. and then you know, yeah, it's it pants of... by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking out for big, entire big, fucking career. <laughs> big rise, and then after about a decade. You know, just under a decade, you do see things dropping off a little bit, and you, you know, you didn't quite hit the heights of becoming a super, you know, mega star. He never became a sort of definitive artist of his generation, but he's had a decent career. Mm. He's had a couple of top five albums. He's worked toured with Beyonce. He's worked with, you know, Nicki Minaj and Jay Z and Lil Wayne and lots of big artists. And now, you know, people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a little bit less. I'm not as interested in the fifth Robin Thicke album. I think that's perfectly normal. <laughs> Because all he talks about is, is wanting to get his end away. Full his ball bag is. <laughs> Mr. Ballbag. Ball bag like a space hopper. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Dragging it behind him. Did you ever or, see that documentary fuck. about the man with the world's biggest testicles? Uh, and he used. <laughs> I didn't. I saw the trailer. I didn't. I didn't really think it was worth an hour of my time. If I'm totally honest with you, but I do remember seeing the trailer for it. And it was he insane. wore a hoodie for um, trousers. He had to wear a hoodie as trousers, and he put his, his legs through the arms of a hoodie and sort of zip his ball bag into the trouser bit. And there's a bit where he was getting on a bus and he smacked him on the on the. You know when you step up, what's it called? The step on the bus. The, the step, <laughs> step, yeah. He smacked him against the step, and I was like, "Oh, you know when you're like, oh, I felt that." I mean, I really felt it. It is something Robin we should laugh Dra- at, really, but yeah. Draw a face on that, and that's Robin Thicke, isn't it? <laughs> draw, draw a face on that massive scrotum. That is Robin Thicke. We should do a um, separated at birth with Robin Thicke and a space hopper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's had a decent career and he carried on doing things. He was uh, a guest on The Voice. He appeared on Soul Train doing a Whitney Houston covers album contribution as well. He was also a judge on the ABC television program Duets, where people did duets. It's like a singing competition. Okay. Like I said, you know, pretty decent career as a B minus list pop celebrity. And then it happened, didn't it? Robin Thicke made his big, definitive, mainstream breakout song. On the 26th of March, 2013, 
he released a title track from his upcoming album as the lead single from the album. The song was called Blurred Lines. Now, what can we say about Blurred Lines that hasn't already been said? There have been it's endless... It's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that has been said. Yeah, no, um, it has. There have been endless pieces and parodies and lawsuits and praise and apologies about this song. It might just be... I think kind of feels like the definitive pre-Me Too piece of art ever. Do you know what I mean? It is, isn't it? It's like, this is the last thing to happen before... Do you know what I mean? Like, before people went, we can't keep doing this. We can't do this. We just can't. Um, before we get into our... It was very close to it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very close Super fucking close, Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I mean... It debuted at, just a few facts about it. It debuted at number 94 on the US Billboard Hot 100 before climbing to number 54, to number 11, to number 6, before which gave Robin Thicke his first ever US top 10 hit, before it hit the number one spot in the US and stayed there for 12 consecutive weeks. It's been certified diamond in the United States of America. That is 10 million equivalent copies sold now i'm saying equivalent copies sold because i assume some of them are from streaming services and people didn't actually just you know buy the album but um yeah diamond in america diamond that is that is mental that is an Um, awful lot in the uk it went to number one and sold one hundred ninety thousand copies in its first week before going on to be certified three times platinum it has also gone three times platinum in Switzerland, Germany, and Mexico. It has gone nine times platinum in Australia and Canada. It has gone five times platinum in New Zealand, four times platinum in Italy, two times platinum in Norway and Sweden, and platinum in Austria, Austria, Belgium, Netherlands, Denmark. And finally, it has gone diamond in France. As we speak, it has sold the equivalent of 14.8 million copies worldwide this is the album it went no the single what it went to number one in 21 countries it was the best-selling single of the year in five countries in 2013 including the united kingdom um a couple of weeks ago we were talking about jet and we were saying isn't it funny how are you going to be my girl is such a massive gap between are you going to be my girl and the second biggest jet song and yeah. i believe it was around 300 million jet, wasn't it? About 300 million it more was along than the those second. lines, yeah. Along those Robin, blurred lines. Along those blurred lines. So, unbelievably, we have a contender only a couple of weeks later. Robin Thicke's second biggest song on Spotify, Lost Without You, which is comfortably, by the way, his second biggest selling, uh, listened to, most listened to song on Spotify. Very, very, very uh comfortably by about 60 million uh plays lost without you has had 88 million 502,596 listens plays on spotify that is quite a lot blurred lines blurred lines you ready for this has had 659 million 925,069 plays so you are looking at wow 570 million more plays i mean you would have impressed me with over half a million that's um astonishing that's um 
I mean, you can't really call him a one-hit wonder, can you? Oh, well, you can in the UK. Can't really in America, but wow. Not so much in America. I mean, you think that the, th- the third biggest Robin Thicke song is Sex Therapy, which has 23 million ah, great plays. Mm. Yeah. Great song from a great record, <laughs> which is definitely well-named. I like Mrs. 23 Sexy. Mi- nearly, yeah, yeah. Where's Mrs. Nearly Sexy? Twi- Mrs. Sexy. Oh, Shall I have a little look? Yeah, well, it's my uh, favourite Robin Thicke song, so, you know, even I've never heard it. Mrs. Sexy. Oh, wow. Do we have the, oh, the session? Mrs. Sexy has 951,306. Not even a million listens. Wow. I thought you were going to say it had 951 listens, though. <laughs> No, that's this um, album that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Today. I mean, that wow. is a fucking okay. so so. You know, even lost without you to fucking sexy cock or whatever the song I've already forgotten what it's called is yeah, a lot. To fucking sexy cock. That's right. Yeah, it's like sixty million between those two. Mm. Blurred lines dwarfs that by an un an absolutely remarkable remarkable amount. Um interestingly though Renfrey you said oh what the album the album went to number one in the US and the UK yes it did and Switzerland and Canada but it only went gold in the UK it sold 60,000 copies and has never been certified in the U- in the US which is weird isn't it for, a, for an album with such a massive song on it you would think the album itself would have done quite well I'm particularly surprised that it's not been certified in the US given his track record in the US Mm. That's, uh, hmm. Yes, that's strange. It's strange, isn't it? Um, but Blurred Lines, as big as it was, uh, drew a lot of criticism, as I'm sure you listening will probably be aware. Uh, the charity Rape Crisis said the song and video was explicitly sexually violent and appeared to reinforce victim blaming rape myths. More than 20 universities in the United Kingdom banned the song from being played on their campus. Vice did an article about the video saying it was a masterpiece of idiocy and the level of stupidity and arrogance required in order for a video this banal, offensive and unimaginative is almost impressive. Except it's not impressive at all, is it? It's ugly, sexist, uninspired bullshit dressed up as naughtiness and it's creepy. Um, Not only did that happen, um, along with lots and lots of criticisms regarding the content of the song and the video which we'll talk about in a second the estate of marvin gay also sued the song for an infringe an infringement of copyright and plagiarism after it veered too closely to marvin gay's song gotta give it up which it does um they initially lost but um we'll get to the rest later on uh and last year emily ratikowski who was the 22 year old model one of three models who featured in the video for blurred lines uh claimed that she had been sexually assaulted on the set of the shoot for the video again we'll talk about that my god a little bit more later on i've either forgotten that or i didn't know it but oh wow my god that's awful Uh, In an interview for GQ magazine at the time, when asked about the controversy, Robin Thicke said, What a pleasure it is to degrade women. I've never gotten to do that before. I've always respected women. He later claimed that the magazine... Sorry, go on. Well, to be honest, all I was going to say was like, what? He he said it's a pleasure to... He said, what a pleasure it is to degrade a woman. I've never gotten to do that before. I've always respected women. That quote came out in the magazine and people went, you fucking 
tosser. You fucking cunt. Quite rightly, I think. Uh, he later claimed, this was his, <laughs> this was his, his uh, riposte to that, though, Renfrey. He claimed that the magazine refused to acknowledge that when he said that, he was doing an impersonation of Ron Burgundy from the Anchorman <laughs> film. Right, okay. Oh, if you're doing it in Ron Burgundy's voice. <laughs> so he's I, making a joke. He's making, yeah, okay. Mm. He's make he's making a joke. Yeah, I mean I mean okay, I can see I can see that that's the sort of thing that Ron Burgundy would say and I can yeah, but yeah. Okay. Mm. It doesn't look good on print. It doesn't look good. He doesn't must have look known good on paper. that was going to be written down. You would have thought on a bit of paper. Someone It wouldn't have gone they're not going to go does Ron Burgundy voice. It was always been a pleasure <laughs> to be- You fucking are you mad? I think six albums in. You should probably be a little bit more media savvy than that. I mean, obviously, people make slip-ups, but that seems like a mad, mad slip-up. Silly. 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 Robin Thicke performed the song, dressed like fucking Beetlejuice, uh, alongside Miley Cyrus at the 2013 MTV Awards, and caused quite a stir. A very, very big stir. um, As the young singer twerked him during the song, um, oh. shaking a bum against his fucking undoubtedly <laughs> rock hard erection um he had apparently re- rock hard erection yeah yeah lovely he had apparently requested before the appearance that miley cyrus would appear as naked as possible it's nice isn't it um i watched that mm. uh that clip and he just they just play the song and he just goes yeah yeah i know oh girl you know I, ooh, uh, ooh. yeah that sounds yes. like headlines <laughs> it's not good it's not good mm. um but you know the song it might have been massive but as the reaction as time progressed it was, it was the action was not good and robin thick became something of a kind of public enemy number 1 uh, amongst music fans and this is usually the point Renfrey I think where I go these kind of I guess novelty one hit wondery big smash songs I usually go ah you know I know it's ubiquitous of the time I know you got bored of listening to it all the time but it is a good song right it is a good song doesn't mean it's not great just because it's played a lot doesn't mean it's not great it must have had something because all those people liked it and yada 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 not today <laughs> I fucking hate blurred lines. I fucking hate it. And I hate it for all the reasons that people who are, you know, far more passionate and articulate about the frankly repulsive uh tone and, and sexual politics sexual of politics, the song yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have have outlined in many, many pieces. I hate it for that. But I also I think it's worth saying mainly I hate it because it is a boring hook free mumbling non-event of a song let's not even concentrate on the content of the song for a second and let's just concentrate on the con the song itself it is a fucking boring song yes you've got that great marvin gay sample i've got that marvin gay so i'll go and listen to that marvin gay you yeah. can't just go over the top of your marvin gay song and go the hook is shit it is a shit it's a shit song it's not only a nasty, repulsive song. It's actually, it's shit. <laughs> I think even the um, Marvin Gaye sample that they use, they kind of ruin it. Like they, they, they it's, it's mm. even worse in a way. Because I mean, I don't know if the original 
Marvin Gaye song is ruined or not, but it, it is, it's really, they use it in a very, very irritating way. Um, so even the sort of good bit of the song is just sort of ruined. It's, it's, I mean, it's a horrendous song. I think there are uh, countless songs that have come out that have done you know as well as it that have been absolutely dreadful as well to be totally honest um but the double hit of the hideously hideously misogynistic sort of lyrics and the fact that the song is is it's bad it's not a good song it's really really poor yeah i think it's fucking awful it it became catchy for the in the 20th 30th 40th time you heard it i think the thing about songs where you go the first time you hear a song like that you should go man this is really catchy it should get you straight away and then you should become fatigued by it the first time i heard blurred lines i was like what is this this is shit and then the second time I was like, this is shit. And after 20 times, I was like, oh, it's got that like Marvin Gaye bit that goes, yeah, <laughs> like, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's kind of catchy. But it took me 20, 30 fucking it being drilled into my fucking skull before I even realized that. And I don't want to listen to it. And now it's gone away. I put it, so I put it on today. I actually watched the uncut version of the video, which I'd never seen before. I'd seen the, version that you you know the 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 one that would get played on tv and yeah on mtv or whatever what happens in the uncut one then well they're just naked i think what? it is well naked uh, naked naked the girls are naked yeah it's got three models in it emily Rajkowski is one of them they are naked completely naked i think they're wearing shoes actually i think they've got shoes on and it's just like it's dated terribly and i mean the song's still wank Pharrell really should have known better. I mean, this is the time where Pharrell decided to completely burn his legacy to fucking nothing. Um, But it's like a fucking 13-year-old made this video. Stop signs on girls' bums. Like, them just gyrating up against them, like squirting water in girls' mouths. A a load of balloons behind them spelling out, Robin Thicke has a big dick. Really? needlessly oh being perved on like you look at for like proper fucking carry on shit these dopey looking ti pharrell and robin thick dopey looking toss pots it's awful 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 on every single conceivable level it is the sort of video that makes me want to kick my television in you know when that guy kicked his tv in when he saw the sex pistols on the bill grundy show back in the day because they swore i turned into him when i saw that when i watched that blurred lines video i was ready to headbutt my computer i was like this is just rank it's not and not only is it rank it's it's pathetic as well it's it's rank it's pathetic it's needlessly gratuitous it's smug it's shit mate it is shit it is absolute bottom of the barrel shit i hate it i fucking hate it so you're not a fan <laughs> no and i saw robin thick opening for maroon five i think as i've mentioned a few times oh yeah i saw this prick a few months after this song came I out opening for Maroon that. five and <laughs> he ended with blurred lines of course he did he was crap he was he was just i mean the whole night was awful but like he was so dull i remember thinking man you're 
you're really dull. You're just a really dull man with nothing, no charisma. You could be anyone. Do you know what I mean? He looks like he works down the fucking Domino's Pizza. It just could be any cunt, Robin Thicke. <laughs> any cunt, but you just... I, oh, but he can sing, he's got quite a good singing voice. I keep forgetting no. what he looks like. He's a very plain... Like, I'm not saying he's... It's a big ball bag. A bit, oh, oh, yeah! A ball uh, bag with a face drawn on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, the space hopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not strictly saying he's unattractive or anything like that, um, but, but he has a relatively... <laughs> boring face nondescript isn't it? nondescript yeah that's probably better not boring just nondescript really it could be in westlife yeah totally totally yeah yeah it'd be difficult to describe him to a police officer uh yeah. for example which is probably why he, he hasn't goes. been caught yet <laughs> yes <laughs> that is probably why they keep accidentally um arresting members of westlife or paper <laughs> plates with faces drawn on them <laughs> And space hoppers. There's so many I'm space hoppers that have been locked up due to Robin Thicke. I'm not Robin Thicke. I'm Roderick <laughs> from Westlife. You're not Roderick from Westlife. You're Samuel from Westlife. Anyway. It's a nice little uh, call back to an episode which was about 10, 10 weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I hate uh, I hate Blurred Lines. and um, But I do think it, it does represent a slightly different type of style to what Robin Thicke is doing before. And he said, um, uh, this is what he said about the, the sort of the stylistic change in his music from when Blurred Lines came out. He said, the last year I've been wanting to have more fun. I think I took myself very seriously as an artist. I wanted to be more like Marvin Gaye and John Lennon and Bob Marley and these great artists and songwriters that sang about love and relationships. So he's basically then, what that says to me is, I was delusional enough to think that I could write music and be on the same level as people like Bob Marley, John Lennon and Marvin Gaye. And I've realised that I can't. So instead, I'm going to write this horrible song. It's just basically fessing up to going, ah, come on, just a bit of a laugh. I'm not trying anymore. I don't need to be an artist. <laughs> Whatever. Get your tits out. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets his biggest hit. That's quite sad, isn't it? It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's very, very... Very sad. Yeah. Now, it's worth saying that this is the one thing, this is what we haven't said whilst all this has been going on. It's worth saying that while all this was happening, Robin Thicke had been a happily married man for quite a large part of this this period. Another thing that surprised me about (laughs) this. But yeah. Hmm. He'd met the actress Paula Patton in 1991 at the age of 14. um, And they married, they were both 14 uh, at the the time. He, He wasn't his age now and she was 14. Although... You wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't put it past him, would you? I mean, yeah, let's not go too far down that road, but sure. No, <laughs> yeah. no. If that came out, you wouldn't go, what? No. You'd go, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, I'm <laughs> waiting for his pop punk album to come out, frankly. That's what yeah, I'm I mean, we have uh, no evidence to suggest that. But no, yes. we don't. I'm just saying that but, were that to happen. But were that to happen. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. Uh, they married in 2005. They had a son in 2010 the son Quite. married them no no they, they had a son in 2010 <laughs> like she gave birth to a son sorry i heard yeah, i heard you, i heard they got married by the son in <laughs> well sorry oh, i don't know where yeah. i was going there okay yep yep i'm listening but it's quite weird that uh isn't it that less than a year after blurred lines comes out they were separated 
and their divorce had been finalised within two years. Weird, that isn't it? It's weird that that yeah, happened. Well, I mean, they had been together for hadn't they been together ten years? Is that correct? They've been together since 1991. Oh my god! They've been married since 2005, so they've been married for nine years. And within 11 months of this song coming out and all the kerfuffle that came along with it, they split up. Now, we'll go a bit more into this because it's not just she went, oh, I don't like that song you did. I think no. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that there was an awful lot of scrutiny after. I mean, I'm not strictly saying this in a, you know, feeling sorry for him way or anything like that, but. It, I'm sure it would have been a very pressured, you know, he's suddenly getting a, a ridiculous amount of attention worldwide, but it's not necessarily, well, it's, it's definitely not good not attention. Definitely. I mean, I don't know. I suppose lots of people are playing and listening to the song. but Well, yeah, yeah so as the success of Robin Thicke grew, so did the disdain. And so yeah. did the re- the revelations and the sort of tabloid press became more interested in his private life. And um, the re- the the rele- relevations? Revelations. Revelations. Not renovations. The revelations of his private life meant allegations of infidelity and drug abuse. And also, most disturbingly, allegations of physical abuse against Paula Patton. In her 52-page oh. document um, uh, regarding their divorce, she asked for a domestic abuse restraining order from Thicke, uh, including um, many, many details of things that he had apparently been up to. Um, one incident that happened on the third birthday of their son, uh, according to the document, she said... Um, she observed him to have inappropriate contact with their masseuse and Robin became so enraged that I had to interrupt his massage uh, that he broke down a locked door and shortly after um, Robin became physically violently violent with me. He pushed me down and kicked me. Um, Fick's lawyer came back and said Paula never reported any domestic violence until she was in a position of contempt by violating the custody orders. Uh, DCFS asked both Paula and Robin to drug test. Robin agreed and submitted to this test, but Paula refused to test. Infidelity has nothing to do with custody. She's attempting to throw anything at him to hurt him, but Robin's focus is on their son. So this is a sort of messy battle that is happening straight away, straight after this. Um, Patton also claimed that on the night of the Miley Cyrus incident at the MTV Music Awards, he went in into the hotel room and found Robin Thicke in bed with two other women. Oh and she said that it had taken her years before she felt like she could divorce him due to his his temper. Yeah, due to being scared, basically. Yeah. yeah. Thicke has since admitted that in the aftermath of the success of Blurred Lines, he became dependent on painkillers, um, self-medicating due to having back pain and um, kind oh, of losing his mind oh, in the process. Poor, poor oh, my back. No. Your back will be sore if you try and fuck every single person <laughs> in the world. Yeah. That would give me a bad back. Now you'd think, wouldn't you, Renfrey, you'd think that during this difficult time, the best thing to do for Robin Thicke would be to get out of the firing line, to get away from the spotlight, take some downtime, sort his shit out. That's a good idea, isn't it? Just keep quiet, keep shtum. Last week, and this is where the comparison sort of begins and ends, really. You know, poor old Sean Morgan from Seether had been through a pretty nasty breakup, and a lot of the uh, the breakup had been sort of splashed all over the... Um, 
all over the tabloid papers due to his ex's decide you know decision to write a sort of tell all song about their relationship and put it out there and he kind of went you know what i'm not going to say anything bad about it i'm going to let it go like whatever i'm going to go to rehab and sort myself out mm. that's one way of doing it that is one way you could deal with that situation mm-hmm. or here's a better idea hear me out how about you release a concept album called paula which is your wife's name <laughs> yeah that basically mm. tells everyone on the planet how this woman left you and how you're sad and how you're going to get her back and how that this album will be the thing to do it how about that as an idea no Hmm. that seems like a good idea right i feel like we've all done cringy romantic gestures in the past you know like like whenever i have a a real shameful (laughs) kind of whenever i'm dwelling on my shame which is something I tend to do a lot. You know, it, a, a lot of the time I will think of like something that I have tried to do as a romantic gesture, which has just massively backfired and made me look like awful or whatever. And, it, and it, you know, it's it's always come from a like decent place, but then like getting a bit of perspective, I've looked at it and gone, oh, actually, yeah, no, I can see why that would uh, make me seem like a bit of a fool. Love makes you do weird things, or, or, or if we're calling it love, I mean, whatever it is. That is like the ultimate <laughs> um, inappropriate sort of romantic gesture, isn't it? I mean, this isn't a romantic album in the slightest. Well, I, Robin Thicke probably thinks it is. That's the thing, isn't it? He definitely thinks it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mate, I remember when I split up with a girlfriend once, and uh, or we were having a sort of break, and I was... I put something on Facebook, which is a bit personal, thinking it was going to make people go, oh, he's really sweet and he's really upset and he really wants to get, wants to get back with her. And she texted me and was like, can you fucking take that down? Because mm. I don't need you going, I miss you so much to like everyone that we know. Yeah. And then I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And I'd, ne- I'd never fucking, do, like, you know, never again. Mm. But, you know, I was in my 20, in my sort of mid 20s then. And, well, I mean, it's no real excuse. I guess well look certain that's bad enough but this yeah we have all made mistakes with that kind of thing so so you know again not trying to defend anyone but so i can i can understand where the impetus to do that is although taking it to this extent and sometimes you have those crazy ideas and you sort of execute them within an hour or two or something like that i think the fact that you know i mean some parts of this album do sound like it was executed in about an hour but obviously this you know took some time to compose and put together and and the and you know record and all that uh not enough time as it turns out but it did take some time and you would have thought at some point he would have got some perspective and gone, maybe this is a bad idea. Or someone somewhere would have managed to get through to him and say that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, one of the gospel choirs on this fucking thing, should, uh, uh, singers on this thing should have said something. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like someone. I mean, they were taking really. the fucking money, weren't they? <laughs> right. yeah. So that's basically what he decided to do i mean it started off like this he was dedicating um his 2006 song lost without you with a u obviously mm-hmm. to her every night on tour yeah she's not on the tour though mate she's not gonna hear it is she every night 
but not there it's not there in the audience but that's so a that's point but that's a desperation thing i mean you know Desperate. like he he knows that it might get on youtube and stuff like that. he knows unbelievably that that will get to her. yeah unbelievably yeah. that's the least desperate thing oh we're going to talk about for the entire rest of this podcast by a mile yeah i i, I think that would be somewhat forgive i mean dedicating a song to someone every yeah. night's a bit weird but fine whatever okay every night oh, i'm playing in egypt tonight this one goes out to my ex-wife who won't speak to me <laughs> they're like where is she okay i can't imagine she won't I let me imagine. see the we she's turned the winds against me like it's <laughs> fucking unbelievable i can't anyway. imagine that's how he introduced it this is dedicated to my ex-wife who never speaks to me but, well you, know. you say that i mean you've seen the fucking video for the first single so he got off tour and he wrote the song get her back um and performed it at the 2014 billboard awards and then announced that his album would be called paula after paula Patton. he said i came right off a tour and had all these songs on his ideas and feelings in my heart <sighs> and i went right into the studio i wrote all the songs in about three weeks and we recorded the album in about a month Fuck me, that is a long time to have a boner for, isn't it? <laughs> a constant... That is a long fucking time. Obviously, the songs were about her or how, I, or how I feel about her. A lot of songwriters have done this kind of thing before. No, they... Not like this, they haven't, mate. But they won't tell you in the title or they'll be suggestive. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, there's no reason to hide who this is about. It's all about her. You're sounding really fucking weird now, mate. You're sounding really, really fucking weird. Like that, that is weird, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's weird. I mean, the thing that he is correct about, you know, like what? Heartbreak is surely the number one topic Definitely. for, you know, let's just broadly say music from the 1950s up until now surely heartbreak is topic number one so yes from that point of view and and break up albums entire albums that are dedicated or or, or you know where a large chunk of yeah. the songs are dedicated rumors to by fleetwood mac is rumors because of that yeah like uh boatman calls by nick cave and the bad seeds <laughs> i mean there have been some fantastic ones yeah back to black i guess yeah kind of yeah uh exile and guyville i mean there's yeah fucking hell there's loads there's loads, there's loads right there's loads and loads and loads and loads but but none of them give you the address and the fucking <laughs> exactly. fingerprints of the person that they're talking about and go, she has a Monzo card. It's she <laughs> on, These are the last four digits on the, of it. La, she's the last year. Sleeps on this side of the bed. Yeah. The spe- yeah she yeah, uses the, Colgate. The specificity. Like, what the fuck? I mean, we have, it's, a, it's an interesting one because we have talked about like when people are really specific about things in songs and how it can, that can make it more powerful there's a yeah the, but the, there's no artistry to it and no. um a lot of the stuff that it, it's just it's just uncomfortable it's just it's... really uncomfortable and so much of it you feel like he's trying to do it to paint himself in a good light and it's like that's not painting you in a good light mate you are so unaware you know so yes anyway well, we, we will now. get into it but yeah. yeah we will um Paula Patton actually recorded the voice clip of herself saying that she was moving to New York yeah. for him to use on the album, yeah. which is really nice of her, I think, which makes her seem like a very nice person. Because I would have gone, absolutely fucking not, Are you your weird fucking stalker album that you're making about me and you want me to be on it. No. She might not but, have known it was a weird stalker album at the time, but uh, yeah, sure. Possibly. 
you would think. It says an awful lot. I mean, look, they had been together for a very, very long time and you get a hell of a bond when you've been with someone for that long. And it's never, ever, like, breakups like that, it's never simple. But it, it does say a lot about her that she agreed to do that. Mm. doesn't seem particularly necessary to the record, but obviously he felt like it was. So yeah. there you go. So, like I say, he released the first single, first and only single from the album, Get Her Back. Um, I watched a video for that. I asked you to watch the video for it. Mm. Um, oh, he's a dickhead, isn't he? I mean, he's he just is. a dickhead. Uh, he's just seemed topless with some cuts on his face. Cheeky, considering apparently he was the one hitting her. Yeah. For him to put cuts on his face. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. Uh... And it's basically just him singing this quite boring song about how he's going to get her back with all these text messages popping up between the two of them. And again, it doesn't make him look good. My favourite is stuff like, you know, you can't be trusted and you lied to me. And he's like, oh, can I talk to you? I need you back and all this stuff. My favourite one, he says, I wrote an album about you. And then a reply from her comes back, I don't care. Which really should have been a sign to scrap the whole fucking thing Mm. rather than making a video and going, I'll tell you what, we'll get her back. You know when she said she didn't care about the album? put that in the video (laughs) i'm still gonna gonna make because i'm mental um yeah well there's a number of things that he does (laughs) and he's topless and then you're talking about like how you want to get this one woman back there's a bit in the video where he's topless and some hands come around start massaging his chest two pairs of hands Winfrey. (laughs) you're really serious about this one woman aren't you what is she (laughs) was she a fucking is she a fucking spider or something? Like, what? <laughs> he's so he's, he's he's. Are you are you fucking? Like, I was like, I don't believe it, mate. You've got two women rubbing your chest. Yeah, he's very, for this song, which is supposed to be about I just need this one woman. He's but very. What I need is her to bring her mate round and wank me off as well. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, there's lots of there's fake tears in it, and you can tell they're fake tears because uh, they're rolling down his eyes, but he doesn't have any kind of like. Um, bloodshot eyes or anything like that his his eyes are absolutely fine it's so pathetic it is like awkward embarrassing mm. ridiculous pathetic crap video it's still better than blurred lines but it, well you it's know. horrible trying like him trying to make out that he was the victim you know that's awful just as the album was about to be released thick tried to promote it with a twitter q a uh which the guardian described as a pr fail um people could asking questions using the hashtag hashtag ask thick and a selection of <laughs> i went on the hashtag and i picked a selection of some of them from back in the day uh one of them says one of the twitter questions is on a scale of r kelly to phil specter how do you intend to get her back <laughs> someone said did you really write a rape anthem as a love song for your wife and are you still wondering why she left you Someone else said, what form of sexual or emotional abuse will you be normalising in your next jaunty hit? (laughs) And someone else said, it might seem like some of the questions on this hashtag are cruel and abusive, but Robin, I know you want it. Which I thought was pretty fucking great. Pretty fucking great. Uh, Well done. Well done, the internet. That's fantastic. Well done, the internet. Um, So let's go over to the critical reaction to this record. It has a Metacritic score of 49 out of 100 which is better than seether 
which feels really, really fucking harsh on Seether, I have to say. Uh, Rolling Stone gave the album two and a half stars, saying, if Robin Thicke needed a lesson in the consequences of disrespecting a woman's boundaries after his controversial 2013 hit Blurred Lines, here it is. The blue-eyed soul singer named his new LP after his estranged wife, Paula Patton, and spends much of it crooning about lost love in a weepy timber or making bluesman appeals on hyper-literal tracks like Get Her Back. His soft falsetto is sumptuous but too many tracks veer into uncomfortable parody including the self-satisfied james brown impression living in new york it's a shame about the heartbreak and thick's life it doesn't seem to suit him in the studio either the la times give it one and a half stars saying the record is a failure a virtual what not to do guide for both songwriters and spurned lovers but in an age when appearance rules there's something kind of fascinating about thick's willingness to look this bad um <clears throat> A website called Now gave it one star, saying, solidifying the theory that Thick rushed the record together in a weird play for both public sympathy and capital gain, each song reeks, reeks of some other influence, the only real originality coming via the confessional and often too much information lyrics. Uh, the George Thorogood winking something bad isn't going to win him any points either. There's something but, 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 but bad in me. Thick growls before the chirky backup vocalist chime in, chime in. You've been such a bad boy, bad boy. You couldn't make this shit up. Uh, Slant Magazine gave it two and a half stars, saying, I wrote a whole album about you, professional Lothario Robin Thick texts his estranged wife Paula Patton in the music video for the pointedly titled Get Her Back, the lead single from said album Paula. I don't care, she replies, and it's likely no one else will either. Here's the thing about women. Despite what Wendy Williams thinks, if you publicly humiliate us, make it a spectacle to get us back, isn't going to fly entertainment weekly gave it a b minus rating saying paula's muddled take on sexual politics probably won't woo his wife back and the lack of an obvious blurred sized hit means the hot 100 may be equally unmoved and they were right to say that renfrew because the album peaked at number nine in the u.s u.s billboard's top 200 selling twenty-four thousand copies in that week mm-hmm. not great not terrible not terrible no. not terrible before it dropped to number 41 and only sold another 6000 copies in the next week before it just dropped off to complete and utter insignificance in the UK where blurred lines the album had gone to number 1 it peaked at number 200 selling 530 copies in the first week mm-hmm. you heard me right the big guy who made the biggest selling single of the year before sold 530 copies mm-hmm. on his first week of release of his comeback album. Only a year later. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a hell of a fall from grace. And even with the American Billboard chart as well, mm-hmm. Blurred Lines debuted at number one on the yep. Billboard 200 chart. And the first week's sales were 177,000 copies in the US. Uh, remind me what the first week's sales were for um, this album? 24,000. <sighs> I mean, wow. And 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 as you said, the album like drops like a stone and went out of the charts. Sometimes that's, you know, sometimes that's just what happens to records. But Blurred Lines, for example, you know, in its second week, it sold 65,000 in its third week it sold 48,000 its fourth week it sold 46,000 copies its fifth week it sold 55,000 copies it, it it just continued to sell and sell and sell and and, and do really really well but this one just like <laughs> there are obviously a few thick heads uh, which i believe is what we call his fans isn't it thick heads yeah. i think it's what we should start calling them <laughs> 
Thick cunts. Thick cunts. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that works. Um, yeah, and and just the way, yeah, it just disappeared basically. Well, to put this into perspective, it went nine times. Blurred Lines, the single, went nine times platinum in Australia and in Canada. This album in Canada sold five hundred and fifty copies in its first week, and in Australia, it sold. 158 copies 100 you went nine times platinum with one song a year ago yeah and your follow-up album in the first week sold 158 copies robin mate i hate to break this to you you've been cancelled buddy (laughs) you have been fucking cancelled when you look at the chart positions us number nine that is the outlier total fucking outlier 200 in the uk in switzerland again where it was the biggest selling single of the year and blah 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 number 63 in holland number 88 and in belgium 191 that's it blurred lines charted everywhere like i said the single blurred lines 21 countries it was number one Mm. this is charted in five countries and only in the top 100 of three countries yeah and in barely that in a, a couple of them is it the biggest fall from grace we've done on um graceful from grace <laughs> i think is it the biggest is, fall I, I mean i think he this was is never graceful something to discuss when we come to rank it to be sure. honest but yeah definitely that is the thing that is an obvious like mm. this is that's the obvious takeaway from this so let's get into it renfrey now we get to put our stamp on I, so <laughs> i'm always so <laughs> this is the most nervous i've been you asking me this question i think not even nervous just most kind of like how am i going to even begin to describe what i think of this album but go on steve ask me the question Renfrey, what do you think of paula by robin thick that's a masterpiece um <laughs> <laughs> wow possibly the most misguided album we've ever covered on broken records and when you consider that's unbelievable to consider that yeah there's a um cory feldman-esque quality to it can i say it, it it's probably not quite is it it's not quite as batshit as cory feldman i mean it's it's um it's a different kind it's, it's of kind different shit. kind of batshit yes that's probably more that's probably more cory like feldman it. is actually a kind of uh you imagine Corey Feldman's actually kind of got a few I don't know if they got a few screws loose, but he's obviously kind of a damaged guy, right? Yeah. I think Robin Thick's just a delusional fuckhead. I feel a lot more sorry for Corey Feldman than I do Robin Thick. Robin Thick seems desperate to come across as a very, very sexy man, but instead he just comes across as someone who would sexually assault your sister and then ask to borrow a tenner from you to pay for the legal fees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this album is a it, it, well, it is the sound of a man having a mental breakdown, basically due to a relationship gone wrong. Musically, I was expecting an abomination, and I don't think it. I don't think it's a total abomination musically. I think let's let's start with the music and then we'll get on to the lyrics because the lyrics is the issue isn't it predominantly yeah. however so you've got a lot of subpar justin timberlake stuff as i've already said i think 
the manner did you say that he wrote the songs in three weeks and recorded it in a month something like yeah. that or i mean it's very ambitious this record that's one of the few good things i'm going to say about it the ambition's pretty well, yeah, pretty bonkers to be fair you can always hear the kernel of an idea but him he never quite achieves the grandness that he wants to have or the the or the the the, the bigness you know as i've already mentioned there's like gospel singers on this and stuff like that and mm. quite a lot of these recordings do come across as demos rather a than wasted songs. gospel singers on this yeah Absolutely very wasted fucking wasted by going nine one one yeah oh, yes oh that nine bollocks yeah and you know quite often i mean a lo-fi aesthetic for a breakup album is actually often quite a smart way to go because you know you you make it feel very personal and um about yourself and so on and so forth but i don't i'm not i don't think robin fit thick is going for a lo-fi aesthetic at all as just mentioned there's gospel choirs on this and like um loads of oh, horns no, there's, there's yeah there's one that's got like fucking euro dance mixed with anastasia and it's yeah. shania twain mixed yeah. with fucking with a horn section yeah. uh, this is definitely not a lo-fi album it's, it's no, no no no, bad, no badly produced. it's just badly produced exactly it's just badly it always sounds it always sounds a little empty i found I, like every single track i was like you haven't quite filled the space i mean it, like it sounds like demos like it does sound like demos but in terms of the ambition and the scope and there were like Motowny elements and stuff there's one song i mean we will get on to why it's troubling in a bit but there is one song which is basically james brown and musically musically yeah no 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 i agree musically it's all right that, it's isn't all it? right like it, yeah. it, it isn't bad um that song which we'll talk about you know musically if james brown had done it or someone who was black uh <laughs> basically someone who wasn't white um yeah. that could have been pretty decent but robin thick constantly pisses in his own mouth to use a jet pitchfork analogy yeah. well this if yeah i mean this album is the oral equivalent of catching someone crying and wanking over a picture of their ex in a bus stop <laughs> Yes. Basically, isn't it? It's basically like, shouldn't really be doing this here, mate. Shouldn't really be doing this here. I don't want to hear you. This is like at a fucking funeral. You standing up and going, I have something to say. And then walking up and going, Susie, I know you're not here today, but my cousin Gavin is filming this. And I just want to say, I love you. And will you marry me? It's like, you're a funeral, mate. What the fuck are you doing? You ever been on the train and two people are like on a sort of in the honeymoon period and they're just like all oh, over yeah. each other yeah. and you're like get a fucking room get that's a fucking this room. that's mm. this but there's no other person it's just Robin Thicke humping the air and crying out loud <laughs> no one needs this nobody no. needs this I no. do not need it you do not need it no Definitely one who listens it. to music needs it Robin Thicke definitely doesn't need it and most importantly of all Paula Poor Patton Paula. does mm. not fucking need, th- does not need this. No. Good God. Not. How fucking humiliating for her. I mean, let's just get through this fucking crap, basically. So You're My Fantasy is the first song. And it's just telling someone to touch him. 
Like, touch me, touch me, touch me. And but, I remember when I was begging. the only one you called, yeah, begging someone to touch you on the first track. I remember when I was the only one you called. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. Please, 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 please touch me. You're my fantasy. Those are the lyrics, right? I don't care what is going on musically with those fucking lyrics. Get that, away yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah. Get that away from me. It shows a, a massive lack of awareness as well. The first lyric of this album is touch me, you're my fantasy, my body's yours, my heart is yours. And considering the Blurred Lines fiasco that has just played out, yeah. it seems like a really boneheaded move to start. I mean, I guess you could see it as like, oh, it's really brave. He's sticking to his guns, the fucking rapist. But, mm. you know, <laughs> I, like, no, I mean, I don't see it like that. It's, it just, it just, it's, it, I just look at it and go, you are completely like not self-aware at all are you yeah and then we get like get her back he goes i gotta go get her go get her go and get her back go and treat her go and treat her go and treat her so right and the song is so fucking boring it's so fucking it's boring and he's just going i'll oh, get her back come on please come back oh god at that point i was like you you sound like someone who should be sat in the corner of a padded cell like <laughs> God, yeah. who's gone whose brain has snapped i i'm completely i i actually think it's the worst song on the album and it was the thing it was the one and only single i know it's it's, it's the song that sounds the most unfinished I, all of them sound unfinished but get i mean get you back is a 45 second song stretched to three and a half minutes there's, there's nothing going on on it it's nothing going rubbish on. It's and rubbish. Another insipid, still, um, still madly crazy. I think it's awful. Going on and on about how crazy is for her. And is it? Is it this? Is it this song as well? It might not be this song. It might be a different song. But there's a there was, a, there was two couplets that I uh, that I took out. I can smell your perfume. Your legs are on yeah. my walls. Your body's on my ceiling. Your giggle down the hall. That's the sort of thing I imagine a serial killer might write. Like yeah. that is that's disturbing. That's not. Yeah, I've sewn your face to my nipples. Like what the... <laughs> absolutely. There's a bit where he goes, "What can I, I say? What can I do? Well, not this, mate. Yeah, what don't can do I, it. What can I say? What can I do? Not this." Yeah. I should have been able to control myself better. Yeah, by not making this awful song. Yeah. <laughs> Lock the Doors got that um, kind of fake gospel choir thing. That's him trying to do the blues. There's a line in this where he says, she was born in Paris at the age of 21. That's no. <laughs> that That is medically impossible. <laughs> and because, and you could go, ah, well, it's a, an allegory. It's She's a, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a metaphor for something. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not because everything on this album is incredibly literal. So that one line should be taken literally as well. And so it's wrong. Yeah, I don't think he's aware of um, metaphors or anything like that. It's all very damn... It's like it's like reading someone's diary, but reading someone's diary who you think is really creepy and fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I, I think Lock the Door's the most musically interesting song on the record up to this point. We've had four Definitely. songs in a row, mm-hmm. which to be honest... 
when I started listening to this record, I thought it was going to be a really boring 50 minutes, which was very, very samey. Because the first four <laughs> songs, to me, felt fairly indistinguishable from one another. I mean, Get You Back is easily the worst of the four. But I thought we were going to be in for a really boring slog of a record. Um, another semi-middlingly <laughs> positive thing I'll say about it it doesn't it i don't think it was boring because from this point in the record it begins to get a bit different musically yeah it does but it's not always a good thing that's <laughs> exactly Let's but that's not always a good that. thing i no. mean well I, I i suppose i will say now on that board in front i didn't get bored listening to this record which i thought i would do when i mm. first started it but uh, I you had did to get angry. I got lightning. angry. I got angry, and I had to constantly pick my jaw up off the floor as well. Yeah, like constantly, every other song practically. So, well, every song. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, lock the door. Um, she was born president. He also says that sparkle in her eye has been abruptly repri- replaced. Seems a bit crap, doesn't it? It's just crap. And then we get onto whatever I want. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, over and over again. Oh God, please, fucking kiss me, please, wake me up, kiss me, please. Just just let me touch your tit for a second. Oh God, my ball back's about to explode. Yeah, but it's it's him going on about how he's free and he's got freedom and ah, free freedom. I'm free to be free. Yeah, and it's like, well, you've changed your fucking tune, haven't you, mate? You've changed your fucking tune in a millisecond. You spent five songs going, oh, God, where is she? Oh, I love her. Why? Oh, and now you're like, no, good. And it is the kind of, mate, I went, I'm going to, this is, I went on a date with a girl, my first date. And at the end of it, I sort of went, the next day she texted me and I was like, I don't really think she was mental, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. I hope you had a nice time, but I don't. I don't think we should see each other again, sort of thing. And she texts me about fifty fucking times over the course of an evening, and it went on and on. Why are you doing this? Why? Do, oh, you've made the biggest. And it was like the rant, like the the rantings of her. She was like, "You've made the biggest mistake. Why wow, you're going to regret this? You'll never find anyone as good as me." Oh, I'm sorry, I said that. I shouldn't have said that. Oh God, I'm going to just take that. I really like you. Oh no, I never. And like. It just kept changing between these two things. And I was like, oh my God, fucking hell. Mm. And that's what th- that's what this is. It's like reading someone's angry, drunk text messages. I love you. Please take me back. I love you. Please. Why haven't you answered? Please respond. Go, I need to respond. Please respond, you bitch. You fucking bitch. I'm fine. You fuck off. God, fucking hope you die. You fuck. I'm glad I'm better without you. Fuck off. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't. I love you. I can't live that. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to fucking kill you. You'll be fucking happy when I kill myself. You'll be fucking happy when i kill myself you fucking bitch i didn't mean to call you a bitch i'm sorry i love you oh god that's what this album is <laughs> wow that sounds better than this album but it's yes 3 a.m drunk texts from your really really <laughs> like <laughs> delusional and quite crackpot ex isn't it that's what this is yeah um yes it is absolutely but written out uh, in the form of song i suppose yeah, I suspected trying to give Mr. Thick the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why I'm doing that, but just for a slightly different perspective. Yeah. I thought maybe he was trying to sort of 
like there is a, there is there is a chance that there's a sort of smartness to this smartness <laughs> i didn't want to say genius but even smartness feels too much but in that he's trying to write a concept record about you know breakups and like what it can do to the individual and this is a stage of breaking up isn't it where you go well well fine no i'm over it it's fine mm. i can good i can it go is a concept sleep whoever i want it is, it, is, it, is a concept album isn't it so, yeah, yeah yeah i think i think <laughs> doing that whole like oh well, it's fine i can go out and sleep with whoever i want when you've been going out and sleeping with whoever you want for the past whilst you've been married yeah. whilst you've been married it doesn't really in, endear me to the uh to the songwriter um or performer or robin thick um but yeah um yeah i i mean i i thought maybe that was what he was trying to do but it like mm. it's too cack handed to to really work yeah it also fucks the narrative up a little bit when the it next does. song living in new york city which we've already mentioned which annoyingly is quite catchy and it's quite a it's, decent sort of soul musically it's all right yeah yeah it's it's I musically mean, okay now, fuck knows how this plays into the narrative, but it must do, somehow. But it's just about living in New York City. What's that got to do with breaking up? What's that got to do with anything? I like the line, uh, Black Daddy, I'm I'm living in New York City, in the centre of the world. Watch what I do. I will repeat that first bit again. Robin <laughs> Thicke, blue-eyed soul boy, white boy Robin Thicke, uh, Black Daddy, I'm living in New York City. Now, Renfrey, mm. please help me out here. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can, but I will try. Well, help someone out. Can this be? This is not my imagination, is it? This is. He says black unbelievable multiple times on the record. And it's just, and this is, this is the James Brown song, actually. This is the one. Yeah, which, is. Um, this is the one, yeah. Which, uh, you know, in the hands of James Brown or, you know, in the hands of Funkadelic or whatever, this could be an okay song. There's a foundation here of a great song. Not to say that this is a great song, but the foundation right. for a great song is actually here. So I will yeah, say decent. that. It's decent, but... Why Robin are you Thicke. going? Why are you going on about being a black daddy, Robin Thicke? And, You're and also, not. It's got, it's got nothing to do with getting her back or breaking up or anything. It's, it's, it's actually just like it's no. like a fucking it's like a fucking um, ad break or something for racism. I, like, but... you, know, I, you thought I was just a rapist? No, don't worry about that, guys. I'm also racist. Um, I, I, Again, just just trying to get into his head, and I don't know why I'm trying to get into his head. I thought maybe, obviously, you know, she says at the beginning of this, this is this is the song where she Paula very 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 kindly recorded the "I'm moving to New York" thing. So I thought it was like a song from her perspective, and maybe it was like a jealousy thing because he's like, yeah. "Oh, now you're sleeping with all these black guys, man," or something like that. Which, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that I don't would be think, good, wouldn't it? That would be well, a good song. I don't think that would make it any better, but I was I was just trying to Probably figure out worse. what, yeah. yeah, arguably, but I was just trying to figure out what is this and what is this part. It, I, it's utterly confusing. It's such a unbelievable. It's, it's a shame that even like musically, this is the best song on the record. Probably, yep. oh, not even probably, it is. Yeah, and it, 
even that Robin Thicke has to fucking ruin, ruin. by <laughs> by like shaking his crotch and talking about Black Daddy. Ugh, go uh, away! It's really it's bad. horrible. And he follows it up with, "I mean, if you think that was the worst lyric, I mean, he actually no. he goes, if you think that's the worst lyric? Listen to Love Can Grow Back. Love <laughs> Can Grow Back.' He states." You're far too young to dance like that in front of a man like me, baby. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's not about your wife. You're the same age as her. No. Mate, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you... I mean, it sounds like Michael Bublé if he was like a pervert. (laughs) You'll be scratching my back with your new nails. He starts going on about how she's had a new nail. Jesus Christ, mate. She's not coming back. At this point, yeah. I, I shouted, she's not coming back, mate. She's yeah. never coming back. Oh, it's, If it's, this is your attempt to get her back. It, 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 it's, it's, it's insane, isn't it? Because he, like you say, he can't be talking about his ex-wife. He can't no. be. <laughs> and, and like, the, uh, the whole first verse is horrendous. You know cigarettes are bad for you, baby, but so am I. So go out and get them done. When you come back, we'll have so much fun with your new nails on my back. You'd be scratching and scratching my itch with your new nails on my back. Something's broken, only you can fix with your new, 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 new nails. Sweet cherry pineapple black. Shine your magic, magical touch and heavenly light on my body, baby. Show me our love can grow back. She ain't coming back, mate. Really confusing narrative. It it doesn't even make sense. That's what's really anno- that it actually annoys me at this point because it doesn't make sense. That that, but why is he too young to? to I'm com- I'm so confused. I hate it. It's awful. So annoying. And then it's awful. Black tar cloud is one where they go emergency nine nine one one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's this? Is it a this metaphor? Is the gospel choir. Yeah, but it's not because. It talks about her smashing his car up with a golf club. And I think it is about them having an actual physical altercation. And he starts going, oh, yeah, but she smashed my car window. And I, yeah, yeah. And it's like, mate, what is going on here? You are digging this this hole you are digging. Basically, you've gone past the center of the earth here at this point. Yeah. And rather than going, cool, I tell you what, I've dug this hole pretty deep. You've gone, no, keep going. Keep going. Keep digging. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. I think this is arguably the most troubling song on the record, at yeah, least. Quite, quite possibly. The, the review, a reviewer from Slant magazine said, the call and response foot stomper Black Tar Cloud is a convincingly remorseful mea culpa. I'll have something to say on that in a minute, because it isn't. But if it too is based on his relationship with Patton, and that's an assumption Thick obviously wants us to make, then he just told the whole world that she's the type of woman who would fake a suicide attempt. And surely that's not the best way to get her back, quote unquote. Um, and yeah, I mean, there is a point where he says, uh, when I came back, it was too late. You were lying in bed, said you took 20 pills. Now I'm calling the ambulance, please. I'm freaking out till you said, chill, baby. I didn't really take them pills. I'm just desperately crying for help. And it's like, fuck, man. I don't think, I don't think this is your place to kind of, some shit, oh, I don't, it's just, ah, uh, <laughs> this is not your place to do that. I, I just... So many things wrong with that. There's so he many is, things wrong with it. Like a complete moron. 
He just is a, a fucking com- moron. Complete yeah. and utter moron. I th- he might be this like we were talking the other day about the stupidest people that we've featured on this podcast. You have to think that Robin Thicke, on the evidence of this album, is he make fucking makes little Zan look like Stephen Fry. Like, do you know what I mean? He's a fucking idiot. He's what the, is he thinking? He's the least self-aware person. Yeah, and, that, and that is unbelievable when you think that. Yeah. I, I, and, and also, just to say quickly, I've seen multiple sources, actually. Maybe they're all just pulling from the same source. I don't know. But a lot of people are saying that this song is a convincing apology to Paula Patton. No, it fucking isn't. He doesn't. I've, I've scanned through the whole lyrics. I'm scanning through them again. I'm reading them all. There's no apology in this. He's he's he is admitting to doing shitty things as well. But it's basically him admonishing her for doing 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 you know shitty things like smashing up his car and smashing up his guitar and all that kind of thing. So it's not an apology in the slightest. I don't know how anyone could read this or listen to this and think that it's absurd yeah it's fucking ridiculous. did you get any sense of an apology from this no song? not at all it just ridiculous. sounded like you go oh it's hard work being with you but i'd still want to be even though you're yeah. weird and convincing like, apology what fucking, fucking planet are you on why are you defending this shit it's awful my i have to say my least favorite musically song on the album is too little too late which i think i mentioned it sounds like an early noughties garage song Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like Anastasia when all the shit guitars come in, and Yo. then a load of and then a load of fake trumpets come in, like fucking processed trumpets, yep. and it's awful, an awful song. Musically, it is a dis- I think it's a disaster. That's very song. cheap. It's sounding. one of the, one of the more quote unquote ambitious moments on the record, but it just goes to show all of his limitations. It's fucking dreadful. And the line every time you walk through the door, I should have span you around the kitchen as if it was the dance floor. I mean, that would get trying after a while, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would get very, I'd very, fucking very smash. Annoying. I would fucking smash a bloody car up with a golf club if you did that every time I walked in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, that, and you'd be well within your rights to. Yeah. Um, yes, I'd very much agreed that uh, it's one of the most quote-unquote ambitious songs, but um, probably where he falls short the most in the sense that, I mean, yeah, the guitars on that, this uh, song oh, are fucking... Hideous rubbish they're awful fucking rubbish yeah yeah um there's one that called tippy toes which is more like a michael buble song i have no idea why this song is on here it just I... seems to be about the way that she dances on her tippy toes sounds like fucking paola natini it's absolutely awful it's it really sounded... really awful i don't know if you ever owned one of those shitty like tiny casio keyboard things but mm-hmm. when you press the rock and roll demo it sounds yeah. like that it's yeah. it's awful it is a he, there is a rock and roll type thing going on with it but <laughs> it's a rock and roll played on a shitty cast it's it's awful it's really really bad really yeah, bad. really bad speaking of something b- 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 bad it starts, <laughs> something bad starts really solemnly was there's something b- 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 bad in me and it's like oh here we go he's gonna bear his soul but no it turns into some kind of euro dance thing and you think, well, the music is not suggesting the remorse that you're trying to convey. Oh, I'm so sorry I've been bad. Here's a big Euro pop banger. What a fucking awful... He's like, I'm bad, I am. I'm really sorry. Doom, doom, boom. Techno, 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 techno. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, mate? Well, well, also, in the chorus, 
it's like you've been such a bad baby bad baby oh yeah you've been such a bad baby bad baby i've been so bad it's 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 like bdsm shit (laughs) you know it's not it's not any kind of genuine remorse about being bad it's like i've been bad nudge nudge wink wink so um so punish me you know it's it's just like jesus christ mate what are you doing yeah and the last i think it kind of after that we get another kind of crap self-loathing song done in a sort of disney style called the opposite of me we get a song called time of my life which feels like he thinks there's going to be some kind of happy ending nah mate it's not gonna happen and then we get forever love was one last sappy crappy ballad to end the album on uh making loads of promises about all the shite that he's gonna do there is actually a bonus track of uh an an afro jack remix of forever love i listened to about 45 seconds of that uh, and it felt like um a drill filled with sherbet going off in my brain it was fucking terrible i managed about Um, 10 seconds and then i was like this is a bonus track i don't need to listen to this i'm stopping this right now yeah Yeah. i mean like i said i've sort of summed up what i think about it this is like reading the drunk text of someone who's just been dumped. This is a dumpster fire disaster of unwelcome, awful, sappy, regretful, over, overly personable, personal dog shite. It is a fucking delusional dickhead of an album. It is terrible. <laughs> it is got, I would say, with the exception of maybe three of the songs having slightly okay musical ideas slightly okay musical ideas new york city being the one where you go this is actually like not a bad song i will go as far as to say and you know don't really like um defending this man but i will go as far as to say there are three or four songs which yeah like i said before the foundation of them there is a foundation for a really strong that uh strong song there they're not executed well enough for them to actually be yeah. a strong song but you know you that is the only redeeming qualities of this album and i would say they are slightly redeeming amongst a an ocean of absolutely unbelievable stuff like i would jaw-droppingly unbelievable bad music yeah i would i would say i admire the ambition of it because you know there is ambition to this album and listening to the first few tracks i didn't think there would be any ambition whatsoever and there is ambition to it but none of it is like not one single song is executed well it's bad this and this really did fucking destroy this guy's career i mean he's only really he's only made one more album since then uh which is um 2021's on earth and heaven now in the sort of aftermath of this we'll go back to 2015 uh not only did he get divorced and that divorce got finalized in 2015 he also lost the marvin gay blurred lines case as well so paula Patton took half of his shit and Marvin Gaye took the other half, which is quite <laughs> funny. He was forced to pay $5.3 million in a settlement with mm. Marvin Gaye's estate. Um, he was also interviewed by the New York Times in 2015. And he expressed both embarrassment um, over his public dedications and regret over giving the album a commercial release when asked about this album. He said, my record company didn't want me to put it out. 
but they stuck by me. In hindsight, the only thing I would have done differently was I wouldn't have promoted it or sold it. I would have given it away. To who? To fucking who, though, mate? That's the question. Who would want it? Um, He then did take a little bit of time away from the spotlight. Only a little bit, but he took a little bit of time away from the spotlight. Whether that was his choice or not, we don't really know. Mm. Uh, In 2015, he announced he was making another album um, about the last year of his life and the time that he'd spent with his son called Morning Sun, but that album never came out. Uh, Everything got a little bit nasty for a bit between him and Paula Patton, as I mentioned. In 2016, Robin Thicke's father died and he claimed that Patton wanted to go to the funeral, but he he refused to let her go. He said, It is my belief that Paula holds residual anger towards me because I and my family would not permit her or her family to attend the funeral of my father on the 20th of December 2016. Paula did not have a positive relationship with my father. As such, she was not welcome at his funeral. It is my belief that Paula only wanted to attend because it would have resulted in additional public exposure for her which is a very cynical thing to say about your ex-wife and someone that you've been with for a long time um or getting a bit nasty uh thick joined the cast of the comedy parody tv show the real husbands of hollywood instead of making music where he parodied his baker his breakup his fall from grace um the reaction to blurred lines all that stuff i'm sure it was very funny. Uh, he, in 2019, he became a judge on the TV show The Masked Singer. And um, that's the US version, not the version that we got over here. And then, yes, he worked with Pharrell again in the aforementioned album that came out last year in 2021. Um, but in um, February 2021, it looked like things were getting a little bit better for him because he said um, in an interview that he and Paula Patton now have a very good relationship. He said, there's so much emotion when you first break up and there's so much stuff that spills over. But time heals those wounds and she's an incredible person. Once you can put yourself second, your son rises to the top and it's not, and you go, it's not about us anymore. We're very lucky with the way that things worked out. So it looked like maybe some sort of redemption was going to happen for Robin Thicke. But then of course, on the 3rd of October, 2021, he was thrown back into the limelight and so was Blurred Lines. Uh, when um, a bit from Emily Rechikowski's book containing revelations of the Blurred Lines video shoot came out. Um, here's a little clip uh, from that book regarding the Blurred Lines video shoot. She said, Suddenly, out of nowhere, I felt the coolness and foreignness of a stranger's hand cupping my bare breast from behind. I instinctively moved away, looking back at Robin Thicke. He smiled a groofy grin and stumbled backwards, his eyes concealed behind his sunglasses. My head turned into the darkness beyond the set. The director's voice cracked, and she yelled out to me, Are you okay? Robin Thicke has never responded to those claims by Emily Ratajkowski, ever. But, you know... I can't say I think you've already mentioned it Renfrey last week we talked about Sean Morgan and the sort of very public uh, split up that he went through and how he kind of carried himself with if not completely with dignity but at least sort of grit his teeth and decided to go this is all part of the thing that happened it kind of sucks but I'm just going to fucking try and move on from it i think he had a modicum of grace yeah modicum yeah. of grace yeah <clears throat> even amy lee who wrote that song about him i think behaved yeah. in a well compared to robin thick mm. uh i don't think there is anyone to fucking compare 
what this is i mean this is a really weird album and it comes to ranking it you've already mentioned it and i think this is what is going to place it fucking high because as i look down the list that we have in front of us there have been a few people who have been incredibly negatively affected by the record that they put out uh that is in the list here but there is not one person here that i can see not one who has fallen from so high to so low so quickly as robin thick did on paula not one uh, yeah i don't uh, even think it it's not even close like it's not even worth discussing because he's so 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 far ahead of everyone you could i mean you couldn't i mean who who even would it have been before this who would it have been guns and roses like probably not really like maybe maybe richard ashcroft maybe i mean cold chamber yeah maybe. cold chamber were on the front cover and of magazines and stuff and hyped to be the next big metal band and then I mean, chamber music was a massive flop i think richard blackwoods you'll love to hate this <laughs> Actually, well, Richard Blackwood, is a similar kind of. Yeah, but Richard Blackwood never had. I mean, yeah, he did. He did drop down, but no, he never. I know, got, but but in terms of career-wise, going from yeah. you know having your own show on like Friday night channel to four having eighteen years of coffee, <laughs> shoved up your ass. Two what? Two years later? A year later? Yeah. So, you know, in terms of a full, yeah, that's true. That is actually that's quite quite fall, yeah. significant. I still think this one's even worse though i would say it's worse than blackwood yeah, it is definitely. worse it is worse and that would be something that you could go ah yeah but it's musically it's not too bad i mean if you've already mentioned angelic to the core by Corey feldman yeah which i think is a better record than this frankly ah uh, um Angelic to the core is even more amateurish than this album in its execution is all I will Mm -hmm. say when you look at you know the cover to Angelic to the core and um, I mean Angelic to the core is more ambitious than this album and as I've already said I think there is you know some ambition to this album I, I i definitely didn't imagine i would be saying that robin thick was an ambitious you know uh guy before i um uh before i listened to this um it's quite <sighs> hard to know exactly where to put this because i think you're right i think if you were to get an instrumental version of this record you would just think what a kind of clunky record yeah yeah. You go, this record's a bit clunky. But then when you put... It sounds unfinished the, as well. Yeah. yeah, when you put the lyrics and the context in around it, I think you're looking high. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide, is it, is it worse than Corey Feldman? Let's bear in mind as well that Corey Feldman is a double album. I mean, it went on and on and on. And sometimes, I mean... Sometimes it was funny, sometimes it was jaw-dropping, sometimes it was just like, you know, a, a, a little... 
I mean, I suppose in terms of like who did Corey Feldman hurt, I think he's only been hurting himself, really, <laughs> if anything. Mm. Uh, I mean, I I, I I find it very difficult to say which is worse between Angelic to the Core and this, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think Angelic to the Core is almost saved a little bit by the fact that it's not a proper musician and it's it's weird and it's vague whereas this is yeah we shouldn't be able to hear this i mean i'm actually gonna say my placing personally for it would be between blood on the dance floor and total zanarchy by little zan i think total zanarchy by little zan is better than this i think blood on the dance floor you get to and you go okay right that's this is where we're getting to the truly, truly atrocious. I mean, everything on here is bad, right? But when you get to that bottom one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that bottom seven, they are like a whole new level of utter, uncomprehensible atrociousness. And I think Robin Thicke is within touching distance of that. I think Total Zanarchy is very very bad but it's nondescript awful just sloppy shit <clears throat> it's just crap isn't it it's just absolutely crap i did it um... has had a bit of it has had a bit of a bad impact on little zan's career but i mean i honestly think for the shit that is spoken about on this record that you just go i cannot believe you thought it would be a good idea to let people hear this fucking for him to think some of these things blows my fucking mind for him to have these thoughts in his head and not let them out would be like mate you need to fucking talk to someone to record it definitely needs to talk to someone and put it out as a record Mm. and for it to fucking flop and like it has fucked his career more than anyone else on this list, his career was fucked by this album. Complete and utter devastation from someone who was on top of the world one year and then 15 months later was an absolute, total and utter laughingstock. That is what we're talking about. We're talking about one of the biggest pop stars on the planet versus an, you know, a, a complete laughingstock in the space of 15 months due to this record and rightly so because it is fucking terrible this record terrible it is awful i don't know if i think it's worse than total zanarchy if i'm honest i found total zanarchy like i was constantly like stunned by what was happening with this record um but i mean i i i found this easier to listen to than total zanarchy if that makes sense i found it easier to listen to because musically it could it yeah because musically it is easier to listen to yeah <laughs> yeah and you haven't got some guy just going all over the top just really really stoned but um no but then there's nothing kind of... <clears throat> and there's a few... I mean, there is a lot in Little Zan where you're just like, well, I mean, you're just utterly... He's just talentless. I mean, certainly, it's between this and Little Zan. I think 
certainly asshole by gene simmons is is better than this like mm. i definitely is better than this because that album is like is a bad gene simmons album an embarrassing old man being embarrassing and it's which is fucking... what this is as well isn't it really yeah basically <laughs> but but that's like a, a whole personal level of utter fucking embarrassment I mean, Arsehole has not affected Gene Simmons' career in any way whatsoever. It's no. just a shit album. And he probably thinks it's all right as well. He probably thinks it's fine. Like, he, I bet there are people who think it's good. Nobody likes this. I mean, I looked at some of the comments on the YouTube for um, the YouTube clip for the single, and all of them were just like, ha, 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 you're fucking rubbish. Ha, ha, you got dumped. Ha, ha, ha. All of them, pretty much. Like, it's a fucking disaster, this record. So for me that i think what's worse this or little zan and i guess it depends on musically little zan is definitely worse definitely yeah yeah. definitely and little zan and this did like you know little zan was considered a prop somehow was considered a sort of promising rapper and then this came out and everyone went oh you're you're fucking awful yeah yeah um whereas Robin Thicke had had a decade plus long career yeah, and had just reached the absolute pinnacle of his success Mm. and pissed it all away and has pissed it all away in maybe the most embarrassing way imaginable. Like I can't, I am struggling to think of what you could do. This is like the producers or something. Do you know what I mean? But mm. what the you know in the, in the producers where they go, what is that? We've got this play. If we make a flop, and obviously it becomes it's not a flop. But in the producers, the premise is we want to try and make the biggest flop in the history of theatre. Yeah. And I sort of look at Paula by Robin Thicke, and I'm like, is he going? What can I do that would be like the absolute worst thing I could do to my career? What is the worst? Po- if I make every think of like at every turn, what would be the worst decision for me to make, and then make them all? What would happen? It's almost like some sort of experiment. Yeah, he's opening his diary for everyone to see, hoping that people will sympathise with him. And instead, rather than sympathising with him, you just go, "You're a fucking mess, mate. Go and get some yeah. therapy." stop beating up women stop shagging everything that moves i mean look hey you've convinced me yeah it's um it is worse than lil zan overall i was trying to sort of think you know at least there's some ambition to this at least there's some sort of theme and concept it doesn't fucking work and it's totally all over the place but no fuck it you're right number eight i mean it's it's just it's just so phenomenally bad it is awful it's so phenomenally bad and again you know we have to take the context into all of it i think as well because yeah you just cannot escape how badly this guy fucked up it's such an absolute fucking disaster um here we go there you go robin thick paula goes into the top 10 knocking mr blobby out of the flop 20 (gasps) unbelievable your hero Renfrey is gone he will never be mentioned again Um, this will be interesting and I think we're going to get Tom Dare back next week he's been recalled Virtual Eleven by Iron Maiden (laughs) interesting okay cool yeah Iron Maiden um, who uh, 
uh, you know, you lot already know what I think about Iron Maiden. Well, I will say this as a little tease. Virtual Eleven is by far my least favourite Iron Maiden album. So there we go. Awesome. All right, good. Well, anyway, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Been quite a long one, but fuck me. What a weird bastard Robin <laughs> Thicke is. So I hope he's all right, eh? Oh, yeah. I actually feel... I feel no sympathy for Robin Thicke. I feel absolutely no sympathy for him whatsoever. I, you know, sometimes these people you go, oh, you know, they had this breakup and they had this, da, 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 and this, and that. You know, last week, Sean Morgan, I went to rehab and this happened. And, this, and actually, like, yeah, you know, fine. I, I feel, no, I feel nothing. I feel no guilt for absolutely shitting on Robin Thicke whatsoever. Good good no no if i I'm contribute so- i'd love him to hear this and if i contribute to just making his life slightly that little bit more miserable i'd be fucking delighted i'd be absolutely delighted to learn that you I know think what he's a fucking cunt prior to this um i thought i was gonna say i i feel a little bit sorry for him but i didn't realize the extent of his sort of um cheating ways and 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 how i didn't actually realize the extent to how shitty he had treated his ex-wife so uh, i think with all that context um it is definitely much much harder to feel sorry for him yeah yeah fuck that guy fucking douchebag anyway we'll be back next week with iron maiden really up the irons and all that cheers see you later everyone